Hello everybody, welcome to the Mirror Football Podcast. It's a Derby Day special, so it's not just one Derby Day we're looking forward to, it's two or three maybe if you class Chelsea Fulham. Is it? Is it? Yeah, I don't, I don't think it does count. Um, but we will mention that, I'd say, at the very back end of this podcast. Lots of caviar but, being spilled on that one. Yeah, so it's white, lots of white wine on the terraces. It's way terraces. too, way, way, way too friendly. I mean, I, 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 I don't like it. But um, what we're doing on this podcast anyway, we are going to be splitting it up into three sections. Very first section right now. Um, I'm joined by Connor Mummery. Uh, Connor, how are you doing? I'm alright, mate. How are you? I'm good. Uh, Ibrahim Mustafa is here as well. How are you doing, mate? I'm doing alright. I've shown up in colours um, from what we're about to talk about. I'm wearing sort of a red and white shirt, but it's more stripes, so it's probably more likely to wind up our Sheffield Wednesday supporting colleague yeah. rather than Connor. Yeah, yeah. But also, this is a podcast, so no one can see what I'm wearing. So. Yeah, yeah. But but he's coming colours. He's, he's coming colours. Uh, what we're doing in this first section. Uh, Connor is a Tottenham fan. If you if if it's your first time listening to the podcast, um, you will have never heard of him. Um, so yeah, he's, I'm pretty sure they've heard me. Yeah. <laughs> kind of a big deal. <laughs> he, he's a Tottenham fan. Ibra is an Arsenal fan, and we're going to get them to uh, discuss the North London derby. In the second part of this podcast, we're going to get Mark Jones and Liam Prenderville, uh, two other, two more of uh, Mirror Football's finest, uh, to talk about the Merseyside derby. And then in the very final section, we're going to discuss why on earth nobody cares about Chelsea versus Fulham as a derby. Um, because, let's be honest, it's, they're in walking distance from each other. It should be a derby. It should be a rivalry. Uh, but it's not. But that's the plan for this podcast. But yeah, as I say, we're going to start here now with the North London derby. Connor, Tottenham side. I mean, what a result, uh, first of all, last weekend. What a result midweek in the Champions League against Inter Milan. Is it going to be three on the spin, three clean sheets on the spin uh, in your, I'm, I'm going to whisper, your biggest game of the season so far? Uh, well, it wouldn't be a clean sheet because we conceded against Chelsea. But, uh, oh, yeah, you did. Um, Sorry, my, my mistake. To That's a former right. Arsenal right. player, let's not forget. Yeah. Exactly. I'd probably be more worried if they still had him, to be honest. Um, um, yeah, I mean, you can't really not be in confident mood after the last last two games. I mean, everyone was saying, you know, last week coming up to this is the biggest week of our season. It's make or break. You know, if we didn't beat into last night, we'd have been out. Um, beat Chelsea to go above them in the top three I mean it's, it's, it's a great start to a huge week um, I don't see why we wouldn't be confident going into Sunday as well Yeah I mean does it not scare you or worry you at all that obviously Arsenal have been going so well I mean I mean, is it what like 19 unbeaten or something now is that I mean, I, 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 bear in mind obviously we're recording um, just before they play in the Europa League or yeah. maybe play in the Europa League we don't know exactly what's happening with the, the Vorskel game uh, but we are recording Thursday afternoon Um but Arsenal's long unbeaten run is does that not concern you at all, Connor? Um, not particularly when you when you look at it, they've been playing. I mean, can you tell me the, f- the full name of the club they're playing tonight? Forskler uh, Poltava. Is that right? That's our SEO boss there. That's who right. That's he, he knows what he's doing. He knows exactly what he's talking yeah, about. It is also a paper F- FK Vorskla Poltava, if you're going to be uh, specific. So uh, okay. come at me, Connor. Well, no, I mean, it's sort of, that's just my point, really. I mean, they've already played them, haven't they? They played Carabag, you know, they beat Brentford, which was nice. But, I mean, they well, they got a good result against Liverpool, to be honest. I expected Liverpool to go there and win. And they did well there. But, I mean, it did, that, the sort of outcry after that, from Arsenal fans sort of shows you how low their expectations are I mean they almost did celebrate like, like a win yeah uh, Ibra are your expectations low at the moment with Arsenal um, it's in a word yes but it's far more complex than that I mean this is the thing we've finally seen some change at the club I mean you know I don't want to keep going on about Arsene Wenger and everything that's gone on over the last few years but this is this feels weird now for as Arsenal fans we're looking at something that's completely different to what we've had for years in the past and for years 
perhaps Wenger did say it a lot, maybe overstated it quite a few times in the past of going through a season of transition. This is really actually a season of transition this season. Expectations are, if you want to use the word low, they're not, you know, we don't think we're going to win the league. We're probably not going to end this season with a trophy or anything like that. But, you know, we're building towards something. And this is why we get excited when we play a team like Liverpool, who everyone says are going to be the closest challengers to Manchester City. And we give them a game get a draw and perhaps maybe even deserved a little bit more out of that so to say we celebrated like a win yeah maybe that the, the it was slightly over the top and and you know other games surrounding that we haven't really been playing well but you know like I say things are different now so and there's that reason for optimism there's an optimism at the club that hasn't been there for a long time and I'm sure Spurs fans will understand it I mean how many times they change managers over the last sort of 20 30 years so every time a new one comes in your expectations are there aren't they so yeah yeah, um, obviously you mentioned obviously you maybe celebrated against Liverpool as a obviously a draw like a win. Uh, I assume you won't be celebrating a draw against Tottenham as a win, or, uh, or or do you think maybe some Arsenal fans would look at it and go, "That's actually an all right result." Uh, well, you go into any derby game and you kind of think you want to win. Winning is obviously the primary objective, but in the back of every football fan's mind, no, no matter how much better you consider yourself than your rivals or worse or whatever you'd, you'd be happy to come away without losing essentially yeah. you know so you know would Arsenal celebrate a draw against them absolutely not but if we don't lose it's a good thing surely yeah would you be happy with a draw at Connor uh, I don't know about happy and it, it also depends on the circumstances I suppose doesn't it you know if we've been 2-0 up and cruising and they yeah. Put it back to Tennessee. Oh, yeah. Like, if it, you go back to, you know, a certain North London, you talk about celebrating draws like a win. One a few years ago where um, Tom scored two goals in the last couple of minutes and drew 4 4. I mean, that's understandable. Still talking about it today. That's a great game. Yeah. That was understandable, isn't it? It was a great game. It, it wasn't was, a great game. There are circumstances. I mean, you, Arsenal drew 1 1 at home to Liverpool. I mean, you know, it's not exactly coming back from 4 2 down in the 89th minute against your yeah. biggest rivals away. I think, I think there are circumstances where celebrating a draw uh, is, is acceptable and circumstances when it isn't. Fair. Um, so, uh, just quickly, I say, uh, predict, prediction-wise, uh, Connor, do you, you back in Tottenham to, to win this one? Yeah, I mean, I think we've won all our games in November. I mean, we usually hit form at this this time of the year. Um, and Yeah, I'm, I'm confident. I'm confident we can go there. I mean, Saturday was the first time we'd uh, had our favoured front four of Ericsson, Son, Deli and Kane play together this season uh, and you saw what, what difference that makes I mean we we rested a couple of them last night against Inter and the result I mean the, the performance wasn't you know we weren't on the front foot anywhere near as much as we were against Chelsea and I think those four play a huge part in that and I think if we go there with a similar approach that we had last weekend then we could really cause some damage Yeah uh, Ibra uh, Arsenal win for you? Um, if we're going on sort of recent performances i I will admit I am worried. You know, Arsenal don't start well, and if Tottenham start the way they did against Chelsea, it could be a sort of tough afternoon. But it's the North London derby, and we sit here so many times and say, "Oh, Tottenham going into this in better form. Tottenham look better. Arsenal in trouble. This, that, and the other." But every time they come to the Emirates, it's you know, it Arsenal rarely lose at home to Spurs, and I don't see that changing at the moment. Yeah. To be honest, I, I I go into this with the same sort of feeling I would have had two years ago, three years ago, four years ago and thinking, yeah, you know, we're at home so we should be doing the job against them. Fair. Mm. Um, right, so looking at the squads, um, Tottenham obviously have a, a front line, Harry Kane uh, and 
Fernando Lorente every now and again as a striker. Uh, Arsenal have the choice between Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang and Alexander Lacazette, often playing them together. Who would you prefer? Not quite. Who, who, no, right. Are you no, saying oh, as, as the two? Well, I mean, <laughs> if you're saying you as an individual, to, you're well, probably well, going for Kane over any of the other three. But if you're going for Kane and Lorente over Aubameyang and yeah. Lacazette well, I mean, together, well, I, I, would you sacrifice both of them two to have Harry Kane in the Arsenal team? Of course he would. Um, well, you know, it could have happened many years ago when he was part of the academy, but, you know, yeah. that ship has sailed. So, you know, it's not really worth talking about. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang's top scorer in the Premier League at the moment. So would you swap out the top scorer in the Premier League to yes, have obviously another player? Would. Come on. Yeah. Well, I mean, four years younger as well. Yeah, I mean, so... Well, and twice a player. Would you not get rid of Harry Kane for two world-class strikers? He's, 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 just for context, right. he's, he's, asked, he's staring asked, at me. Like, you asked with one this. question there, whether I'd swap Harry Kane for Lacazette and Aubameyang, and then you asked a completely different question, would I swap him for two world-class strikers? No, you, don't, no, you don't think me, either of those players are world-class? Uh, I think Aubameyang was maybe three years ago. I don't think Lacazette's ever been world-class. If we're talking about, you know, world-class, you're looking at the top 10 totally players in the world, aren't you? Yeah. All right, okay, let's do, maybe not quite world-class then. Okay, I, 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 I'll agree with you. But, no, but you are looking at... You know your top tier of strikers. You know this is like I don't think Lacazette's top tier of strikers. What is it? People talk about Kane, Lewandowski, Suarez. Aubameyang was. I don't know if he still is. But top scorer in the Premier League. Yeah, but he's literally top scorer in the Premier League. Yeah, like, he's been playing in England for less than it's a year. November. Scored right. playing in England for less. He will not be in top three. He will not be in top three scorers. Look how many goals he scored since he's joined the Premier League. Against who? He will not be in the top. Top three scorers at the what end of the season. What do you mean against who? Against Premier League teams. Well, I know. But he won't be, will he? Let's be honest. Yeah. You don't think he'll finish in top I don't think he'll, I don't think he'll finish top scorer, but he'll score a lot of goals playing in England. Yeah. And he has done already. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So um, not, none of you would be up for swapping your strikers? I want to Harry Kane for anybody. I literally no. Ooh, yeah. I love Harry Kane. Look at me. I love Harry Kane. <laughs> well, obviously, yeah. <laughs> is, is, is Connor, from your perspective, is there any players in the Arsenal squad that you, you take and put in, there, put in that Tottenham team? Squad? Um... Uh, I th- I'd possibly take Lucas Torreira I think he's been really good since he joined yeah um, apart from that I don't uh, Ozil because it'd be quite funny wouldn't it if he joined Tottenham uh, I think I'd, <laughs> you'd I'd take Ozil like, just because it'd wind up the, the Tottenham the, only, the area that we're, we're light which we can probably benefit from is midfield as well so to be honest, any? I'd uh, no, I wasn't going to yeah. say that. I'd be up for uh, Aaron Ramsey dinner of uh, Sol Campbell and joining. That'd be quite fun. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's an interesting one. Uh, Aaron Ramsey, from your from your perspective, Ibra obviously looks like he's leaving the club. He's not going to do that. Um, are you are you that bothered? Oh yeah, absolutely. It's a it's a complete cock up by the club to let it get to this situation yet again. But um, yeah, it'll be sad to see him go. The guys, you know, he's been you know you talk about legends, club legends, and. Perhaps is it big, a bit strong to say Aaron Ramsey's a club legend? The guy's got two FA Cup final winning goals, which historically that that's that's something that the the best players have not done, you know? Mm. So he is always going to be in Arsenal folklore forever. So it's really sad that the club have really messed this up and allowing him to walk away for, you know, probably nothing. So they yeah, seem I will to, be sad to see him. They go. seem to have done the club seems to have done quite a good job of seeing like subtly turning the fans against him a bit by sort of releasing details of why it's well, yeah, that's PR, of. isn't it? So, you know, if you're smart enough, yeah. you can see through that sort of thing, can't you? Yeah. Club legend. I mean, I've got to say, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit shocked that you've even put him close. Well, no, 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 this I, is the thing. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm saying the argument, that there's a discussion for it. I'm not necessarily saying he is a club legend, but there is a discussion there. If he, For everything that he's achieved at the club, you know, why would he not be in that top tier of players who have ever represented Arsenal? Yeah. 
No, no, it, it's, it's fair enough. It's fair enough. He's been there, uh, say, a long time, obviously. Mm. Uh, what, Had his problems as well with injuries and all that. He's come back and just performed brilliantly. And, you know, it was that season where... Um, uh, 2013-14 the first half of the season he was absolutely unplayable before he got injured again but yeah, yeah he also fantastic. scored one of genuinely one of the best goals of all time which is away at Galatasaray oh yeah so, uh, I mean they, they are that's my sort of goal kind of, the, the, absolutely the, the, the old goal, um, kind of I mean the, the word I was going to use to describe it includes a swear word so I won't say it yeah I know what you're um, but it's a a thronker a yeah. proper yeah. clean strike yeah um, yeah uh, just superb Um Going back to say the question I asked Connor Eber, are there any Tottenham players that you take into the Arsenal team? Um, are there any you wouldn't? It's an easier question, isn't it? Um, I mean, I'll be honest. I'm expecting you to reel them off. Can I go? Yeah, I'd have Vertonghen, Alderweireld. This is this is the genuine. This is a genuine thing. It's like Spurs have a quality squad at the moment. There's no two ways about it. There's no denying it. I mean. Who, who what would I pick to take players from their team? Yeah, of course I would, and it would be funny if we did. You know, again, he talks about the Sol Campbell situation. Who, incidentally, got the job at Macclesfield this week and will probably mm. still win more than Spurs in his career. Yeah, um, yeah, no, um, yeah. So I contradict myself from earlier. Yeah, I would take Harry Kane. Why not? Yeah. yeah. So I quite, quite like Connor's little eye roll when 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 you made that little Sol Campbell <laughs> joke. He's uh, mm. are you bored of them 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 jibes now? What the kind of the people not going to win. Well, Spurs are not going to win X in lifetimes or whatever. Uh, yeah, it's boring, isn't it? Yeah. Easy though, isn't it? It's, it's you know pretty standard. Yeah. Um, are you not lowbrow Twitter banter, isn't it? Yeah. From you know your at clinical mesets and all that. Yeah, the fo- football Twitter. That's, that's yeah. all they've got, really, isn't it? Yeah, but yeah. you also get it from other clubs as well. This is you know me actually almost defending you here. You'll get like fans of you know Stoke saying, "Oh, Tottenham never win anything." Yeah, I know. It's like, what are you talking about? I don't know. I don't know. Leave them to it. Genuine question. Are are you not bored of not winning things? You must be desperate. Desperate by now to... To just get a, a Carabao Cup, obviously it'd be great. Here. Yeah, I'd love to, but I'm no way am I desperate. I mean, you can't be desperate for the Carabao Cup. Definitely not. I mean, yeah. I'd like to win it, but it's I'm, good, not, I'm, not, the final. I'm not remotely desperate. No, I'd, I'd love it to win an FA. I'd love to see Hurricane lift an FA Cup, obviously. But the you know watching Tottenham over the last few years is completely different to what I've experienced in my lifetime, and it's by been by far the most entertaining period at going to games as a fan. Like I'm, I can't say I'm desperate for anything. Like oh, what have we won? But yeah. they've, you know, they've won over the fans. I mean, a good example for Arsenal of how little, you know, winning things does to sort of change the mood at a club is them picking up the FA Cups. I mean, a week later they still went to the Emirates, hating it, hating their manager and hating their team. Yeah. Uh, whereas Tottenham fans feel the complete opposite. It's still, know, still know, fun though on the day. Yeah, but I bet it's a nice day. But I mean, it doesn't do much to change the overall, you know, unless it's a Premier League or a Champions League overall feeling at the club. Which is overwhelmingly positive. Fair enough. Uh, final questions to say for you guys before we move on to the second period and we we substitute you out for for different guests. Um, who's going to finish higher in the Premier League? Uh, Ebro, I'll come to you first. Arsenal or Tottenham? Um, I'm going to say Arsenal because I can't say anything else, can I? No, yeah, I, mean, I mean you are contractually obliged to say that on this episode. Yeah. Um, Connor, uh, it's not really a question, is it? Yeah, so Tottenham, Tottenham, you, Tottenham, Tottenham, you, you believe you're going to finish out. Um, I got a lot yeah. of value out of that question, didn't you? Is, I know. But I, I, uh, the way I look at the Premier League, this from a personal perspective, is that only one of those two teams are going to get in the top four this season. Just because it looks like City, Liverpool, yeah. Chelsea are going to be the top three. Why is that Chelsea? how you see it? Do you think it's going to be... Do you think Chelsea will be the finish above us? Uh, yeah. Hey, why? Did you watch yeah. a game at the weekend? 
Yeah, okay. Well, you, you, you won a game. Well done. I just think over the course of the season, I think yeah. Chelsea well, have been excellent. I think they have. Well, this is, this is the thing. Even Chelsea fans. Don't e- think Chelsea been fans excellent. came out last week, which shocked me because the little I have bothered to watch of Chelsea, I think they have been pretty decent. Maybe a couple of slip ups here and there, but I thought they they've been okay so far this season. Done better than I expected them to. And um, after the Tottenham game, every single one of them turned around and said, Oh, this has been coming. We're awful. It's like, what? So, um, yeah, so maybe there is something going wrong at Chelsea. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, so, who knows? But um, would you both say that, obviously, if your club gets in the top four, the other one is going to miss out? Is that N- fair to say? Not necessarily, no. No, you 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 genuinely now. I think it, 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 that Chelsea can it, drop out. It's entirely possible for Chelsea yeah, to drop totally out. Chelsea possible. are not head and shoulders above either Spurs or maybe no. they're better than Arsenal at the moment, perhaps. Mm. But head and shoulders, I wouldn't say so. When they played, when we played them, it was uh, you know it was one of those weird games that could have gone either way. Two like, nil down, should have scored about four in the first half, shouldn't they? Exactly <laughs> that. So you know, here we go. So you know, what are we going to say there? Yeah. Anyway, um, lovely guys. Uh, thank you. Really appreciate you coming on, talking on about the, the North London derby. Obviously, you're both backing your own teams to win. Uh, be interesting to watch. Um, we will be back after a very short break uh, to talk the Merseyside derby, which obviously also takes place this weekend. Uh, Liam Prenderville and Mark Jones going to do the uh, Everton versus Liverpool. Um, but it's basically, this, the same thing with M clubs. Uh, so but a bit we're friendlier we're and a bit more boring, I imagine. Yeah, um, I mean... Uh, yeah. The friendly uh, derby. I'm, 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 friendly I'm, derby. Let's yeah. get together and watch football. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah, they, um, they they seem to be quite appreciative of each other's football this season. But we'll see what happens. Uh, we'll be back shortly uh, after this break. Welcome back to the Mirror Football Podcast. Uh, we're done with the North London derby. Now we're moving on to the Merseyside derby. And a uh, change of guests. Uh, first of all, representing the Liverpool side of things, Mark Jones. How are you doing, mate? I'm right. Yeah, you okay? Yeah, good. Are you looking forward to derby day? Uh, yes and no. It's always, it's always a bit of an odd one. You, you, you look forward to it, but then when it comes, you're a little bit like, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's always fun, isn't it? Yeah, all the pressure on Liverpool, of course. Always is, though, isn't it? Yeah. Um, also joining us, representing Everton, Liam Prenderville. Liam, how are you doing, mate? Very well, mate. Very well. Good stuff. Um, do you look forward to Derby Day? No, never. Um, <laughs> but this weekend, a bit more than usual, I think. Yeah, you're saying that even with Liverpool playing as well as they are, kind of, I mean, Liverpool are playing right now as as well as they have for, you know, X amount of years, you know, for, for ages. But you actually think Everton have a chance? Yeah, as you say, Liverpool are playing very well, but Everton are playing well. Uh, sort of a bit of a sort of fresh start this season under Marco Silva. So, you know, they've gone into the game, nothing to lose. Yeah, good. Um, Mark, how, how have you rate, rated Everton so far this season? Do you do you as well kind of see a team that Liverpool should be scared of now? Uh, well, I don't know about scared of, because as, as you say, they've, they've, they've done well all season, but they're definitely good, Everton. They're um, certainly as good as I can, I can remember in recent years. I think they... They were held back really by by pretty poor managers, weren't they? And pretty poor decisions for a long time. And it seemed, you know, I, I even thought last season when they had that squad, you know, obviously Sam Allardyce was the manager and he was they were playing in a certain way. But the players they had were, were good, you know, and and you could have seen it working and under a different manager. Um, the new manager's come in and he's and he's got his own players in as well. And uh, yeah, they've been, but certainly recently, the last few weeks they've been excellent. Yeah, are you a bit gutted that in in the past few years, like obviously you mentioned Sam Allardyce and obviously the kind of a brutal form of football that they kind of played but are you, are you kind of gutted that you couldn't get past Liverpool in kind of those, those encounters? I think last year was a bit of a different story I think we went into the games uh, sort of just desperate to not get beat particularly at Anfield um, I think Liverpool had 78 79% <laughs> possession which is ridiculous uh, Everton got a bit of a lucky penalty and got a draw that way and then at Goodison as well it was a very similar story um, 
previous years they probably could have done better against Liverpool, particularly when Liverpool weren't as good as they are now. Um, but you know, going into this weekend's game, there is a real chance that they could get something. Yeah, yeah good. Um, how many of this Everton team right now get into Liverpool's team? Like, okay, and I know this. I know it's a very standard question that people ask. But I mean, Mark, from your perspective, which Everton players would you I like mean, to take? It depends on what you're talking about, team, doesn't it? Because you know, do you know what Liverpool's best eleven is? I'm not sure I do. So you know, if you're talking about who would get in like a squad, like a squad of 18, there's definitely a couple of good players that you'd take. And obviously, Richarlison's been superb, hasn't he? So um, look, I think Everton have got a very good squad, and they they're, they're comfortable. I mean, I, I'd said at the start of the season they're comfortably that. You know, you've obviously you had your top six. And then I saw Everton as above everybody else almost. But the way the season's going, you can almost say, well, they might battle out with the likes of Man United um, for to kind of a, a place in the top six. But um, yeah, I think just mentioning last season there, um, they, they were quite odd games really. They came at really odd times for Liverpool, those matches, because the game at Goodison, the nil-nil at Goodison was in between the two Man City Champions League uh, legs. And uh, it was at a time when Liverpool would, players were dropping like flies. I think Salah was injured for that game as well. So... They they almost didn't really want that match at all. And the one at the one at Anfield, which was one of the weirdest things I've ever seen, that, that game. Mm. Um again, it kinda came at this run where there was a lot of rotation going on. I think Doc, no, Dominic Solanke started the game. I mean, where's where's he this season? You know, so it's um at this time around, obviously Liverpool are in, are in in the mix of all sorts of different things, but I think they've got to treat it with much more serious much more seriously than they did last season yeah you've got to be really gutted kind of listening back to a Liverpool fan saying oh well yeah we started Dominic Solanke and they still couldn't beat us and it's just got to wind you up a bit a little bit Uh, I think the game at Goodison Everton probably should have won oh definitely Um, and obviously we did like Mark says Liverpool made a lot of changes Um, and even though Everton were in a bit of a difficult period it was a sort of season was coming to an end they still should have won that game they had a lot of chance at the end and still oh, couldn't so do it. There's so many chances at the end at the last sort of 20, uh, like 15, 20 uh, minutes. Like, it seemed to be, I think Walcott had a really good one. Yeah, he just scuffed Calvert it. Lewin and it almost seemed players. to be this, I don't know if it's a psychological thing. I mean, I don't know. It's, you know, like mates who are Everton fans who, who talk about beating Liverpool as if it's this massive mythical thing, but it's just a game of football, you know, mm. and, and Everton should have won more derbies than they have done in the last 20 years. Surely, given, I mean, when was the last derby that Everton won? 2010. 2010 which so, I mean, Roy Hodgson Liverpool which doesn't count yeah it's kind of wiped from history yeah. um, surely then obviously it's been nearly a decade now surely it should be seen as this mythical kind of thing I suppose so obviously I'm I'm on the other side of it so I just think it's a bit funny but um, yeah. I, I, yeah it probably is it probably is this thing where you know they've got and they've been I've, I've been to derbies before where Everton have been in positions to win the game yeah, they've gone ahead over the line. yeah and, and and something just something's happened or they've they or even situations I remember one where Liverpool have an early red card and then still go on to win and, and you know just these situations that they're in and then it doesn't tend to kind of happen for them um, this time around you know with a lot of new faces and a new manager who has a good record against Liverpool actually I remember him winning uh, for Hull against Liverpool so um, yeah he he might just give them a freshness that they need in these games because for so long and so many Everton managers have just seen it as... I think it really started with Moyes, to be honest. Mm. Moyes built up these derbies to be these big things and Moyes was very much... You know, he started the whole people's club thing and all that and, and he, Moyes kind of, I think, used to judge himself by Liverpool in a weird way um, and they don't need to do that anymore, Everton. They're good enough to not bother with that. Yeah. I think, like you said, they have been sort of the underdogs but also there have been times when they've probably been on a level playing field going mm. into these games... A couple of, I mean, at least I remember one semi-final where Everton were above Liverpool in the yeah. league. Um, 
under Martinez, the teams were very similar uh, in his first season, and then Liverpool sort of kicked on, and Everton sort of went that way. And you know, that was that one well, at Wembley, yeah, yeah exactly. Wembley, which yeah. again, the perfect winning. example of him kicking himself in the foot. They won yeah. the up at half time with a better team, and then Distan plays a back pass, yeah. and Suarez is in, and it's one one, and then Andy Carroll wins it at the end, and it's just a. Cl- I mean, I remember being at that game at half time and going, "I'm not going to win this," you know, this is it, mm. and. Just finding a way to cock it up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I've just noticed just while you were just speaking then, we're doing a Merseyside derby preview and neither of you are Scousers. No, no. <laughs> <it's> <laughs> really, yeah. The one thing we're lacking here is, is, is the actual Scouse, Scouse, Scouse blood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, oh, sorry. so ap- apologies if some of our listeners are kind of confused as to why, but you, you are actually Liverpool and Everton fans. Of course. And, uh, um, away from the derby, I just wanted a little chat on Everton. Um, you're kind of in this position at the moment about sixth in the league uh, I think I think it's yeah, sixth, sixth you are yeah, yeah. Uh, ahead of Man United not too far from kind of the teams above you um, are you looking at this and going we can get Europe this season or is the belief in Everton still this is almost a transition season I think it was uh, it was a transition period I think speaking for a lot of Everton fans they probably didn't expect too much this season because of what happened last year but there is an opportunity really I mean Everton finished eighth last year and they were so disappointed for so long so they should be the best of the rest, really, at least, as a minimum. Um, seventh could get you in Europe, depending on the cup competitions. But the way United are performing, then, you know, yeah, sixth place is what we've got to be looking at. Uh, we're not too far behind Arsenal, as you say. Um, so the next few weeks are going to be massive. They go to City, play Spurs at home, all before Christmas. So going into the new year, sort of where we are then will be a sort of good sort of measurement of where we can finish. Yeah, um, with uh, a lot of clubs who have take big takeovers and stuff, you kind of know what their target well the end goal is I don't know from, from my own perspective I look at Everton and go I'm not quite sure exactly what the end goal is the end goal being a Champions League club is it becoming title contenders if you know they're going to keep spending yeah. the sort of money that they have you know which at the end of the day they've spent big money in the past mm. few years um, from your perspective as an Everton fan what do you see as the end goal for say the next 10 years I think it's got to be sort of challenging for the top four uh, winning the title is always going to be a massive achievement but if you can become a regular sort of top four team like Tottenham have um, without sort of the investment they've sort of done it a different way but they're now they were sort of a similar team to Everton a couple of years ago 5th, 6th, 7th but now they're real title contenders and I think Fahad Mashiri's put the money in and that ha- that is his aim sort of the new stadium coming in a few years time and he wants his team to be playing Champions League football Yeah so new stadium obviously definitely a big contributing factor Everton will no doubt grow as a club Um are you scared of Everton growing as a club, Mark? Like, as, uh, from, from Liverpool's perspective, well, I mean, is, is, is there any apprehension from Liverpool kind of going, oh, we're looking over our shoulders at our, at our neighbours? Um, it's more important Liverpool keep just keep moving forward, really. I think, um, you know, they're, they're, they're at a position now where, you know, they're, they're, they have come a fairly long way in a short space of time, but they still need to kick on and, and, and they need to be comfortable kind of rubbing shoulders with these big European teams and challenging for stuff um, and it doesn't matter what, what the team down the road are doing really Yeah, do, do you not worry though that Liverpool have maybe peaked I mean I'm, I'm, I'm saying that kind of a bit whispery oh, uh, don't know do we because thing. Jurgen Klopp obviously I, I think right now I think most people agree is the absolute best man for that job at Liverpool yeah. he's not going to be there forever mm. say Jurgen Klopp leaves in a few years time is it does it go downhill then for Liverpool is, I mean, it, is, is there a chance with Everton mm. pushing forward mm. and Liverpool Potentially, you know, you don't know what's going to happen then. I mean, are, are you maybe concerned that, as I say, Liverpool have peaked? Um, I think the way that they have come into this season off the back of losing the Champions League final, I think has been very impressive. The way that they've played, uh, sort of 13 league games, and I won 10 of them, drew the other three. I think there would have been a real, and it, and it has happened, I certainly remember it in, uh, under Rafa Benitez in, in 2007, where 
losing the Champions League final almost feels like the end of the run and it's, and it's it's a bit of a you know it's a hard slog and then players leave which is a crucial thing which you see at the moment like to Sadio Mane signing a new contract um, that's you know Liverpool used to lose a, a star player every summer or every other summer um, and that's not happening anymore so uh, in terms of I, mean, I, I don't think Klopp is going to be a manager who's going to be there into his sort of 60s, 70s I think he's going to go probably within the next five years I think he'll probably decide that's enough um, I think he did seven years at Dortmund and seven at Mainz and I think he said seven years is pretty much is what he can imagine doing so so what is it three now so um, so I think look, in terms of peaking we, we don't know do we um, and then and you, you know what are we we're, we're, we're December almost into December of, of a season in which although it's distorted by Man City you've got to say they've done really well on it yeah um, so moving on uh, now uh, predictions for the game at the weekend uh, Mark start with um, you uh, Liverpool Everton what do you fancy I think Liverpool nick it 1-0 yeah, no. nice tense affair mm. Liam I think there'll be goals uh, I'll go 2-2 two, 2-2 two. Two, two. pessimistic Everton fan then no no no, no, no. Uh, can't I'll take 2-2 two, two, but it's been a long long time nearly 20 years since we won at Anfield so yeah, Kevin Campbell. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, super Kev. So I think I'll be sticking with <laughs> a bit too far. The game when Steve Staunton ended up in goal. Yeah. yeah. These are the weird things that happen whenever it went out in matches. Steve, yeah. Steve Staunton goes in goal. Yeah. <laughs> so if Van Dyke's in goal yeah. at the end of the game, then <laughs> yeah. we, might, we might end up winning. <laughs> okay, so you're literally relying you on a starting up front. He scores goals. You should go up front for Holland the other day. But. Yeah, that's it. Uh, just as well, quickly, obviously, we, we, this is a whole podcast on kind of all the Derby games of the weekend. A very quick Northland and Derby prediction. Ooh. Uh, Arsenal Arsenal Spurs Spurs Ooh, Okay interesting And uh, Chelsea Fulham I mean, Right Chelsea Fulham We're going to talk about that In the next part of the of, of this podcast But um, Is the prediction just by how many goals Chelsea win by Yeah Is it a <laughs> Is it a derby Does anyone get excited by it's, that It's fixture? a derby in the sense that they're close to each other I mean yeah. geographically If Liverpool Everton's a derby Then yeah. it is well, I mean you can literally walk between the two yeah. The two grounds like Almost in probably the same time as you can Anfield and Goodison Park. Yeah, um, no, it's but, a derby. It's just yeah. not one. Particularly, bother- that's, that's the early game, isn't it? That's the way I might, I might, might swear that one. Yeah, yeah. well, I'm, I'm, I'm staying up for the night. Yeah. It's a fight, so I'm, I'm, I'm planning on sleeping through that one and waking up. I don't think it's that important for both sides in sort of the course for the season. Really, you know, Chelsea yeah. have got bigger games and Fulham. It's sort of a gimme for them, isn't it? You know, they've got the big games of the teams around them. Yeah. Although, really, I, I saw Fulham at Anfield the other week and they were pretty good. To be fair, so they played quite well. So, yeah. you know, see, with none of that, that ended up being you know, Yukanovic's last game. But um, we'll see. We'll see. Obviously, with the Ranieri factor yeah, going back, back to, to the Chelsea. bridge. Yeah. Okay. So cool. Um, so Chelsea for you on that one. Yeah. And yeah, Chelsea. Chelsea. Two three nil. Yeah, I don't think anyone can disagree. Um, we're going to be talking more about the Chelsea Fulham game on the next part of this podcast. We'll be back with that after this short break. Welcome back to the Mirror Football Podcast. Uh, once again, we've had a change of guests. Uh, Mark and Liam uh, have now left us. Uh, James Whalen is with us. Uh, James, how are you doing? I'm very well, thanks. It's a bit like uh, musical chairs in here today, isn't it? It is. Everyone's been uh, in, in and out. Um, we're going to talk very briefly now on the Chelsea Fulham game, um, as we said just before the, the break. Um, why does nobody see Chelsea Fulham as a rivalry as such? Because, as I said before the break, they're in walking distance of each other. They're, you know, they're as close as rivals should be. There just doesn't seem to be any hatred there, does there? No, I think, um, obviously, the two teams have dined from different tables, haven't they, over the, the last... You know, several decades probably. So I think you know Fulham have obviously spent 
quite a bit of time out of the Premier League as well. And I think their rivalry with QPR over the last couple of years actually heightened uh, when both teams were in the Championship. And, you know, Chelsea have obviously got their thing with Tottenham and, and with to a lesser extent Arsenal. So, but, you know, geographically, it's as close as it gets, isn't it? And, um, you know, Fulham will certainly be looking for a scalp. Yeah, can you see any results other than a Chelsea win? Because, I mean, before the break, obviously, you weren't in it, so you, you, you wouldn't know. From your perspective, do you see any result other than uh, a Chelsea win? Because, I mean, obviously, you weren't in here, uh, but Liam and Mark in the last section, they both, they both said, home win it's going to be a case of how many can you can you put up a case for Fulham uh, especially with the new manager Ranieri in there well yeah so I suppose that that is the case isn't it you know it's a nice little um, narrative Claudio Ranieri obviously spent uh, a few years at Chelsea um, in his formative career as a manager uh, obviously then went on to do great things with Leicester but you know um, you know he'll be going back to Stamford Bridge and, and as I said looking for that scalp and you know what Fulham will have a little bit of confidence they've Finally uh, got that win, didn't they, last time out against Southampton. And, you know, they, they do have a lot of talented attacking players for them. Um, Alexander Mitrovic is is, is, a, is an out-and-out goal scorer. Um, Ryan Sessegnon actually played probably the best I've seen him play all season um, against Southampton. Look, looked somewhere back to his best. So, you know, you can put up a case for, for them to to try and go there and get something. But, you know, ultimately, if, if if everything goes to form, you would expect Chelsea, especially at home, uh, to come away with the three points. Yeah. Uh, now, it isn't just Derby football this weekend. I know we've talked about Derby matches for, I mean, for the, for the past over half an hour on this podcast. Uh, there is one more game, which is, um, I'd say, quite a big game. Uh, Manchester United, we've done well again. We've gone on this whole podcast without actually mentioning the words Manchester United. Or at least I can't remember us mentioning Manchester United at any point. Manchester United. You said uh, it four times in the space of about ten seconds. There, I've, got, so. I've, got, I've got to catch up, haven't I? <laughs> <laughs> Manchester United playing against Southampton. Um, this is such a big game for both teams because, I mean, whoever loses, the pressure's on. If it's a draw, pressure's on both. It's uh, it's a massive game, isn't it? Yeah. Look, I think you know United got out of jail, didn't they, in midweek? Uh, Marouane Fellaini popping up with that late goal, sending through to the last sixteen. But you, know, you strip it down, it was another desperate performance you know it, it was but for that Fellaini striking stoppage time it would have been their second nil-nil at Old Trafford in the space of a few days against teams with no disrespect to Crystal Palace or young boys that they should be beating and beating well at home um, so you know things still aren't right there um, but that goal will give them a spring in their step and it just makes everything look that little bit rosier doesn't it when you know the matter of fact is it's probably not and if they don't win this weekend all those discerning voices will come flooding back once more. Yeah, well, what do you think Mourinho was thinking of when he uh, picked up the water bottles after the goal against Young Boys? I just think it, it, you know, it was sheer relief. You know, as, that's all it can be. It wasn't. It wasn't a preconceived thing. You know, he didn't. He wasn't stood there thinking if he scores here, I'm going to pick up these water bottles and ram them into the ground. I think it was just general off the cuff. The ball's gone into the net. You could see the weight of the world sort of fell off his shoulders, and and you know, it was just. <laughs> An out, an outpouring of utter relief. Yeah, you know, so one of them mad moments where obviously we know Mourinho for. Uh, there are, of course, plenty of other fixtures this Premier League weekend. Uh, you can follow the latest for all of them on the Mirror Football website. But for now, um, that's us done. A big Derby Day preview. Uh, hope you enjoy uh, all the action this coming weekend. Um, if you don't subscribe to this podcast already, uh, we'll be back next week, kind of looking back at all the derbies and looking forward to um, the rest of the action heading into the festive period. We're available on iTunes, on Acast, on Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. 
Uh, but from us, uh, well, I say from us, from literally all of us, I think nearly every member of staff ever to work for, for Mirror Football has been in on this podcast at some point. Uh, but from absolutely all of us, uh, enjoy the Derby weekend, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>